Today we celebrate Christ the King Sunday, a day on which we declare that Christ is king and no other, that Christ rules every corner, that the reign of Christ is supreme. The problem with Christ the King Sunday, though, is that we as Americans aren't really used to the metaphor. Since we don't have a royal family in this country, we might think that this Sunday doesn't always apply to us. But Christ the King Sunday is about much more than literal kings. It's about who or what ultimately rules our lives. In today's reading from John chapter 18, we find ourselves in the headquarters of Pontius Pilate, overhearing a very strange conversation between Jesus and Pilate. The crowds outside are calling for Jesus' crucifixion, but Pilate can't seem to do anything but just participate in this farce of justice. Who is in charge here? I begin to wonder. Pilate, the crowds, Jesus, God. John leaves things a little bit ambiguous for us to kind of discern for ourselves. Pilate asks Jesus, and it's the question we read today, so are you the king of the Jews? It's hard to say if this is an honest question or an obnoxious one. Maybe Jesus can't tell either. Do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me, Jesus responds. Pilate dodges, goes, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priest have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus says that his kingdom is not of this world. For if it was, his followers would be fighting to keep him safe. But as it is, Jesus' kingdom is not here. So Pilate now thinks he has him, right? He's gonna trap him in this lie, this deceitfulness. And he says, so you are a king. For you say I am a king, Jesus retorts. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. What is truth, Pilate asks. And I believe it's the same thing we ask as well. So every year as our church year, the calendar year for the Christian calendar ends, it ends with Christ the King Sunday. Next week we begin the anticipation. We eventually will come and celebrate the birth of a miraculous baby. We move to the climax of our faith with the death and resurrection of Jesus which comes in the middle of the year, not at the end. Yet we end with Christ the King. Probably the most challenging thing about this feast, and it is a feast, the feast of Christ the King, is our understanding of King with the gospel's image of Christ the King. And I believe this is where our kingdoms collide because we approach this scripture with what we know about kings. Perhaps maybe you think the same as I do. You picture a king, an old gentleman from the 15th century English fairy tale, sporting a fine, full beard, wearing a handsome, bejeweled crown, sitting on a golden throne, 
See, the only kings I really encounter these days are in movies or, of course, Disney fairy tales. And yet they never look like Christ the King. But you know, as I think about the scripture and all of scripture that presents itself to us, Jesus never looked the part either. Even in today's text, the text that we are given for this feast, the text that is supposed to be for us a picture of a king, and yet Jesus doesn't look the part. Pilate himself is seemingly baffled He comes right out and asks, and we ask the same question, are you king of the Jews? It continues through their puzzling exchange in which Jesus kind of answers the questions. Pilate asks again, so you are a king? Looking at this simple Jewish peasant handed over by his own people, Pilate does not see a king. Jesus is not set free. In fact, we continue in the scripture and we see he is sentenced to death. It reminds me of a movie, and I think my husband would be proud of me for using this analogy, from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You may have seen the film and you know that Indiana Jones and his father are searching for the Holy Grail. The cup Jesus shares with his disciples at the Last Supper, and after a series of dangerous tests, Indiana Jones arrives in a room of chalices, guarded by a 700-year-old knight. He goes into the room, followed by what is a Nazi sympathizer, hoping to use the grail's life-giving power for evil. Looking around at all the beautiful chalices, this individual chooses the most ornate, the most dazzling gold cup truly fit for a king. He fills it with water and drinks deeply of the cup. It's the wrong cup. His rapid death is narrated by the old knight who simply says he chose poorly. Among all the golden chalices, all the cups fit for a king, there stood one simple wooden cup, the Holy Grail. Right there in plain sight, yet so difficult to recognize. You see, we view kings as symbols of power. In our mindset of kingdom, we view kings with wealth, In our understanding of what a king should be, we know that they have might. Kings are recognized by their clothes with royal threads. Kings are feared because of their tremendous power, because a king can command off with your head. Kings have castles and thrones and crowns. And yet this question, are you king of the Jews, brings our mindset of kingdom and the mindset of the kingdom of God to collision. It's a simple question. Pilate wants an answer, a simple truth, yes or no. Either you are or you are not. Which is it? It's kind of the question you ask when parenting children, right? Simple, to the point, because eventually there's gonna be this elaborate story that goes along with it. 
You want a clear question, clear answer to eliminate all the wiggle room. You want truth. If you've ever questioned a child, I guess, or even a lawyer and tried a lawsuit, I bet there have been times in your life where you too have wanted a clear answer, an understanding of what has taken place. I bet there are times when you try to categorize your life, your relationships, other people, the world into this or that, yes or no. You took your experiences, what you knew, what you've been told, what you believe or wanted to believe and marked off the boundaries of what is truth. You want the truth and that's what Pilate is seeking after and at times I believe it's what we are seeking after. I want to know the truth. I think we all try to, things to try and possess the truth. We want to know that within the boundaries and the borders of our truth, we have given ourselves some power over our lives, some stability, security, some predictability and control. It's often our first response in the circumstances of daily life, yet we find ourselves here on Christ the King Sunday and we find ourselves wondering what is this truth? How do we bring Christ as King into our lives? I had a friend that even questioned if Christ the King still works in the church today mainly because in America we don't have kings. Those who established the foundation of our society fled the king's authority. They fought a king's army. But you know, I think that we can see this working, not because of the familiarity of it, but because of the distance and disconnect of what a king is for us. What would never work is Christ the President Sunday. President is just too familiar for us, right? There are too many faces attached to it, too much baggage on either side. King is this image, a type. King is a symbol. The Christ the King can undermine the symbol in ways that makes us wonder. Pilate then becomes a prime example of a world that cannot understand the nature of Jesus' kingship. Pilate is the example of us. Do we truly understand Christ, king of our life? Christ over all? Do we have Christ as supreme, as reigning over us? Pilate asks the wrong questions. We ask the wrong questions. He doesn't understand Jesus' answers. He hears, but he does not listen. I believe the same is for us. Are we listening to the call of God in our lives? Is Christ king over us? Is Christ king in your purchases of the Christmas season? Is Christ king and reigning over your decisions for New Year's resolutions? Is Christ part of your celebration of Easter or do you find yourself with candy and a bunny? And then the distance between said bunny to the baby. Where does Christ reign through your summer, 
your fall, in your giving, in birthdays, in family events, in grieving. Where is Christ in your life? We hear, but we do not listen. Jesus is not the king that our world crowns. In a world of euphemisms and even political spin, in a world where children can even be considered collateral damage, in a world in which being honest at, pol- at, at politically inconvenient times is considered a farce, Jesus comes into our lives, comes into this midst to speak the truth and our kingdoms collide. We need to allow that collision to hit with full force to allow the kingdom of this earth, what we see reigning of media and the news and social posts to fall to the wayside and let the kingdom of God reign supreme in who he's calling us to be. Jesus comes to speak the truth in a world of striving for power and money. Jesus has no military to fight for a cause, no golden crown or royal subjects. In a world in which would-be leaders pander for popular support and rely on the good favor of special interest groups, Jesus looks to God to give him mission and authority, even though the mission ends at the cross. Jesus fits the image of a king no more today than he did in that conversation at Pilate's headquarters. And yet we come today, this Christ the King Sunday, to wrap up the nature of the Christian calendar. And every church year ends with this story, with this celebration. And as we move into a new year, with Advent, Christmas, connecting into a new calendar year, the Lenten season, Easter celebration, Pentecost, we always end with Christ the King. We always end with this story of wondering where Christ fits in our life, in our midst, It's easy to begin preparing for the Christmas season. You have permission now to decorate your house. There's always those social cues that you have to wait till Thanksgiving. We didn't follow that this year. But you have the moment to decorate, to prepare, to purchase to give and honor, but where is Christ in all of that? Where's Christ in your home, in your meals, in your storytelling? Where's Christ in your waking and movement throughout the day? Where's Christ in your giving? Is Christ king of all? Or is it just part of your worship and attendance of church? Do you come in and we sing a few songs and give glory and honor to God and walk out the doors and go eat lunch and that's it? Where is Christ in your life? How does Christ reign? Are you claiming like Pilate, are you king of the Jews? Are you king 
of my life and you just question or do you find yourselves here and now realizing that God is king of all? Lord of our lives, if we would, if we would but fall down before him, give our hearts and our lives over to him, look for Christ in all that we do. One of my favorite things that my children have is what's called the giving manger. We had to go and find it. It was a new thing last year, so we didn't put it up in the proper place. So we found it, but, but each day, it's just this cardboard little manger that sits on a table. And there's a jar with pieces of gold felt. And each night as we come to the close of the day, we ask the girls, what have you done for somebody else today? And they get to share the story of how they either did a good deed or they served somebody else or they saw Christ in somebody. And each day in this season, we lay a piece of hay into the manger in hopes that this manger would be filled come Christmas Eve. And we have a place for Christ to enter into the world. You see, I don't think that that manger necessarily needs to go up other than my kids would lose it and all that stuff. But I think it may be something that we need to focus on each day of our life, of where we've seen Christ alive within us where Christ showed himself as king of all. And we prepare, we lay a symbol before him, we see a crown upon his head, we see Christ active within us as we are active in the world. You see, we are given the final word at the end of the Christian calendar. Our gospel reading from John and the verse that follows, Pilate gives his response to the king before him, to Jesus. And Pilate's response is dismissal. Jesus is not the kind of king that Pilate would recognize, and so he dismisses him. And every day, we are given the same choice. Is this Jesus our king? What might it mean to choose a king with no wealth, with no power? What would it mean to choose a king that has no earthly authority, no power in this realm, this kingdom, but the kingdom of our lives? What does it mean to choose the simple wooden cup from among all the golden chalices of the world. At the end, we are faced with a choice that defines our lives. And I invite you this day to look for Christ the King inside of you as King, as ruler, as supreme. And at the close of each day, Ask yourself, where did Christ reign in my life?
Where did I see Christ alive in me? Do this into the Christmas season. Do this into the new year. Do this as you prepare for Easter and the celebration of his resurrection. Do this as we live with the Holy Spirit. Do this every day of your life. And as we come back together next year at this time, Christ the King would truly be a beginning for us a remembrance, a recollection, a day of joy as we celebrate all the times that Christ was first for us. We have to serve somebody and there stands Christ, a humble servant himself, the crucified one. Will Christ be your king? Every year the ending is the same. We spend the year as witnesses. And at the end we're asked for our allegiance. Let Christ be your king. Let his love and power reign in you. Will you join with me as we pray? God of us all, you have brought us into this place of love. Your presence is here now. We know you are not the king that was expected, but you were the king with a crown of thorns, the king with gifts of love. Lord, we question what our lives would look like if we were truly subject to Christ alone and not to the things of this world. Be an ever reminder before us this day and our days to come that we would place you as Lord of all over the gifts we purchase, over the things and the tasks we feel obligated to do, over the time we spend on things of this world. Lord, we bring you in here and now on a collision course to upturn the things of this world, but that we would live in your midst here and now and every day of our life, guided by your love, your presence, your supreme authority in our life. Guide us to worship you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.